my wife was raised with a father who was an alcoholic. And so she, she can talk to people sometimes and they're like, man, my, my dad was an alcoholic. And it's funny how you can walk through those things with some of those people, right? Maybe somebody's been abused and, and you were abused and you're able to relate. You, you follow me? It's just awesome to see how, how God puts people together. Amen? To build his house. To build whose house? His house. Not your house. His house. So number one, God is building his house. Or Jesus is building his house. You know, our culture today pushes individualism, that you need to be individualized. You need to have your own look, your own appearance, your own attitude, your own way of living. You need to do your own thing, right? Come on, you can personalize an iPhone to I don't know how many degrees now, just so that everybody knows it's your own. Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you have a camouflage cover on your iPhone? Thank God. I think that's the craziest thing in the world. You're going to go hunting with a camouflage phone, and when you drop it, it's camouflaged. I can't find my phone. Might be that cover you put on. But you know what? God wanted to put us together, and he wants to build a house with us. Look at what it says in 1 Peter. Verse, one, verse 4, it says, As you came to him, to Jesus, it's talking about Jesus here. He's a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Jesus was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, he was chosen and precious. Say precious. So as you came to Jesus, that's who Jesus was. A living stone. A living stone. That God saw as chosen and precious. Watch this in verse 5. You yourselves like living stones are like Jesus's. Are you getting this? You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. So you come to Jesus, the living stone, and you give your life to him. And God sees him as chosen and precious. And then Jesus in return wants to build your life. Amen. Because when you surrender your life to Jesus, you now become a living stone. That means you don't have to be stones no more. You are a living stone. You're now part of the building material that God's going to use to build his house. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you good looking building material. Be careful, though. Better make sure you're talking to your wife. You yourselves, like, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Watch this. To be a holy priesthood. Wow. We don't use those words a lot these days. You don't hear much about priesthood and royalty. It's just not in our vocabulary, right? But, man, when you hear it, it means something, doesn't it? Royalty. You see, God's made his mind up about you. I think what he's waiting for is us to make our mind up about him. Right? He sees you the way he wants to see you. As a royal priesthood. As a living stone. I believe most of us don't see ourselves that way. Right? 
Can I get a show of hands? I have a hard time seeing myself as royalty. I have a hard time seeing myself as a royal priesthood. I have a hard time seeing myself as a living stone. Are you with me? To be a royal priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices. Man, he wants us to offer spiritual sacrifices. You know what a sacrifice is? A sacrifice is when you lay something down that has extreme value in your life or to you, you lay it down in exchange for something greater. You remember when Abraham took his son up to the altar? You remember that? That was a test. Man, how long had God promised that son to him? He was the father of nations. God called him the father of nations. And then he finally comes and and God says, I want you to take him up and sacrifice him. Wow. You want me to sacrifice him? Yeah, I want you to go sacrifice him. God was checking his heart. Does he mean more to you than I do? Does the promise that God's fulfilled in your life mean more to you than God himself? Have you stepped back since you got what you've been praying for? Man, that's good, Pastor Jim. That's good. Amen. Amen. Watch this. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I believe sometimes we sacrifice the way we want to sacrifice. And I'm not sure if it's acceptable to God. Sometimes we make a big deal out of our little sacrifice. And God goes, really? Do you want to throw that back at me? Oh, you answered your phone and talked to so-and-so for 10 minutes and gave him a little word? And you call that a sacrifice while LSU was getting beat? You really call that a sacrifice? You yourselves are like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Wow. Jesus is building his house. It's funny, he's putting us together. All kinds of different people, right? Listen, let's just get real real for a second. Not real, 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 okay? For some of you in here, I'll rub you raw. Because we're different. I said that so that I could turn around and say this, that some of you rub me raw. You caught that? Some of you in here can't stand the person sitting on the other side of the church. You can't stand their attitude. You can't stand the way they do things. You can't stand them, right? I said we're going to get real, real. God put all kinds of different people together. Amen? Different attitudes, different giftings, different talents, different abilities. For all of you organized people, I probably drive you nuts. Okay? For all you people that have to know the plan and the structure and how we're going to get from point A to B, I'm driving you crazy. Because this is me. This way, 
doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It doesn't mean that you're right. It just means that we're together. (laughs) We're building materials. You might be metal and I might be wood. It just means that you're more hard-headed than I am. (laughs) He didn't intend for us to be alone. Jesus is building a house. To build a house, you need all kinds of material, right? I mean, you can't have one two-by-four and think you're going to build a house. Especially not me, because I can't hide behind that one two-by-four. It's okay, you can laugh. Look at Genesis chapter 2. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Even in the beginning, God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. I remember having thoughts when I first came back to Christ that, you know what? I'm going to get my life straight with Christ, and then I'm going to hide somewhere. Because I was trying to get over an, an addiction. I was trying to get away from my past. I was trying to get away from people in my past. And I figured, well, if I get my life straight with Jesus, I can go hide in the woods until Jesus comes back, and then I'm good. Anybody else have that thought? If not, pray for me. He didn't intend for me to be alone. You know what if I you know what I'd have been if I'd have been in the woods all by myself? Weird. <laughs> Lonely. It wouldn't have lasted long, I promise you. You can ask my wife and my kids, it wouldn't have lasted long. I don't do lonely good. Amen. God intended it for us to do life together. Right? And maybe the reason he put somebody next to you that you can't stand or that their giftings and talents are different than you is because maybe he wants you to change a little bit. My business partner and I are total opposites. I mean, total opposites. For eight years, we've been rubbing on each other like sandpaper. Sometimes he's got the bigger grit. Sometimes I got the bigger grit. But we've been rubbing on each other. You know what it turns out looking like? Well, I don't agree with that. I don't care. This is the way we're going to do it. I don't care what you say. Some of you, your wife is your sandpaper. Thank God you didn't say amen. You're getting smart. It's not good for man to be alone. If God wanted us to be alone, then heaven wouldn't be a host. There wouldn't be a heavenly host, amen? There wouldn't be people waiting for us in heaven, amen? He didn't want you to be alone. In fact, he wants to place you in a place put you in a place where you can grow and you can root yourself into his house. Amen. Some of you were sent by God to here. Some of you walked in on accident. Some of you are here on your own accord and you're going, man, thank God I'm here. We were sent. God told us to pack our bags and go. And this is the house that we're supposed to plant our roots in, plant ourselves in and stay here forever. Unless he comes back and says go, which I don't think he's going to do that. Amen? Remember, Jesus is building his house, not your house. His house. Can I tell you, I've strayed away from that. I thought that because I made a sacrifice and moved my family two hours away in two weeks, I disrupted everything, packed my bag, sold my house, moved down here because God said to. I thought that I was done. 
I'm serious. This is just confession. I'm feeling better every word I say. I thought I was done. I thought I didn't have to sacrifice anymore. I thought, man, I've done it. I got my plaque on the wall in heaven. I'm good to go. I can coast this thing out, ride it out, sit back on cruise control and enjoy life. Man, was I ever wrong. I thought my sacrifice was enough. My journey with God didn't start until I got here. Are you hearing me? I didn't really get to know God until I got here. And I've just started getting to know God. Amen? But man, let me tell you, since I've been here, I've got family. I've got spiritual family. I've got flesh and blood family. I've got natural family they don't much like me but my spiritual family likes me either that or they're a bunch of liars <laughs> but I've got family people I know that if I have to go to war they're going to go with me amen I've got people in my life that can look in my eyes and see if something's wrong they don't have to wait for me to boudet my lip are you hearing me? By bend my lip? Sorry, my French ain't that good. But I've got people that can look at me and say, hey, man, what's up? Are you hearing me? I'm part of the house. I'm building material. Not, I tend to believe I'm like one of the corner posts, you know, one of the strong ones. That's just in my mind. I'm sorry, it's my pride, but. You know, I just don't, I can't accept the fact that I'm just a little two by four spacing other two by fours apart. That's not me. I'm a corner. I don't know how you see yourself, but that's how I see me. First Peter 2, 5, you yourselves are like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. You're being built up. Let me, let me squash your pride real quick. You're not built up yet. You're being built up. That word being means that it's happening right now. Amen. And listen to me. If you're in a place and you haven't grown and you haven't you haven't gone from one place to another in your walk with Jesus. Doug, what you got in your pocket? Hey. Doug's gonna preach the rest of the message. <laughs> Whoo! Do that again. Oh, your presence was enough? That's all we needed? I lost my point. We're being built up. If you ever get to a place where you're not growing anymore, if God's not convicting your heart, when's the last time you repented? When's the last time God told you something about yourself that you needed to repent for? I get nervous when I'm not repenting because I'm usually walking in pride and arrogance. Amen? He's building a house. You're being built up. He's 
challenging you. He's not only correcting you, but he's calling you out into faith. How many of you aren't listening? How many of you are going, man, I know I need to walk by faith, but you know, I just don't feel like it. How many of you, God's been speaking to your heart about stepping out maybe into a different kind of business, maybe changing jobs, maybe going somewhere else, maybe doing something different, maybe taking that promotion. And God's been dealing with your heart. He's been laying it on your heart, but you've been sitting there going, "Mm -mm." some of us try to rationalize it our way out of it, right? Well, you know, if if I study the numbers, the numbers say, um, no, I can't do it this year. How many of you, God's been stirring your heart to start a new ministry? To reach out to a different kind of people? You see, we grow by correction and we grow by challenge. God grows us either by correction or by opportunities. Amen? Just remember we're being built up. Are you with me? Jesus is very serious about his church. Amen. Number two, Jesus loves his church. How many of you love being at home? Come on, there's no place like home. How many of you just can't wait to get home? I'm that person. We can go stay in one of the nicest hotels there is, and it can have one of the plushest mattresses there is. But, and I got one of the worst mattresses there is at home. But there's nothing like sleeping in my house. Right? Come on, I got my cooties all over my house. When I'm at home, it's my place. As Doug says, all my epiphilias. They at my house. You go to a hotel, a nice hotel, you got other people's epiphilias. Right? There's nothing like being at home. The smell of home. Amen? Come on, how many of you walk back in your house and go, Unless there's something dead in there, but I mean, you know. There's no place like home. Watch what Matthew 16, 18 says. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wow. That was Jesus speaking to Peter. He said, Peter, upon you, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to win against it. Wow. I believe God's saying the same thing to us today. Upon you, rock, I'm going to build my house. And the gates of hell ain't going to prevail against it. Y'all, that was a good place to say amen. I'm going to have to keep pounding that one in. Then I'm going to keep on going until you say amen. You are the church of the living God. Come on. You're a royal priesthood. You're not the bum your daddy says you are. Come on. You're not the no good son of a gun that people told you you were. Dear goodness, when you gave your life to Jesus, you changed addresses. You changed who you belong to. Amen. You went from one family to the next. You went from death into life. You went from no mercy into mercy. No grace into grace. No house into the house. We got to believe that. We got to live that. Amen? 
You know, that's what gets you past your, your struggles is when you remember who you are. Come on, there's times I, I like to whine, okay? Sometimes I, I don't do it out in public much. But when I, when I get alone with Jesus, sometimes I just whine. Anybody else like that? Please, I feel real awkward with my only hand up. Okay, thank you. Made me feel better. I just, I'm just like, Lord, this ain't working, Lord. This ain't working. They ain't doing this. Nobody said amen in church, Lord. But it just, it just, there were six empty seats, Lord. And sometimes he says to me, shut up. Who do you belong to? What house do you belong to? Come on, sometimes when my kids freak out, I look at them and say, oh, that's enough. We ain't going there. Nope. You know how it is when you try to hold it in. I hate that. I hate when I do that. I think I did that the other day. It, it was kind of funny, though, because it felt, it felt good. It was kind of. That's when I knew I was really crying. That's when you're really crying. Amen. Jesus wants to build his house. In order to build his house, he's first going to build you. Amen. He's going to build his house, not your house, his house. Come on. Your dreams, your ambitions, your goals are all for his house, not your house. Come on. He may have given you a dream of owning your own business, and it's a super profitable business. It's not so that you go build your house. Are you getting me? It's so that you build his house. Right? People say, and I've actually said this myself, forgive me. I love Jesus, but I don't love his church. I've actually said, you know, I don't mind church. Church isn't bad. It's just the people. Somebody just went, he shouldn't have said that. Come on, people are difficult, right? I'm not the only difficult person in the room. Thank you to the three of you. <laughs> Jesus has Jesus is the heart of his house, number three. Jesus is the heart of his house. First Peter 2 6 says, For it stands in Scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In other words, you will not regret. You're not going to be put to shame. People might try to shame you, and you might get embarrassed, but you're not going to regret. You know what he's saying? That when you give your life to Jesus, the cornerstone, you're not going to regret it. I do not regret giving my life to Jesus. I do not regret him building my life. I do not regret every time Pastor Bubba's size nine shoe was in a place that we don't need to talk about. I do not regret that. Amen? He is the heart of his house. Jesus is the heart of his house. He's the cornerstone, the Bible says. Chosen and precious. There's that word precious again. You know what a cornerstone is? 
the cornerstone back when they used to really build buildings that last forever. You know what I'm saying? Back when they actually went out and they chiseled out a stone and then packed it over to the place where they were going to build the building. You know, now we, we put up foam on a building and we put a little thin layer of concrete on the outside and we make it look like a stone. And the first tropical storm that comes, it, 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 it falls apart. The Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone. You know what the cornerstone represented? You started everything with the cornerstone. The squareness of the house, the way it was supposed to be angled, the direction in which it was going to go, the strength in which it was built was all started by the cornerstone. The church is, was, and will always be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he is the cornerstone of the church. So that means that everything else has to line up with Jesus, right? If this is Jesus, if he's the cornerstone, this is the building, this is Jesus, that's you, that's them, that's me, that's somebody else, but we all line up with the cornerstone. Are you getting this? So how many times have we been trying to build our own buildings without the cornerstone? Come on. I myself have been put in this place right here in the building. Jesus is here and he wanted me to be here, but I didn't like that. Listen to me. I don't want to be right there. I don't want to be that person. I want to be on the front. I want people from the street to see me. I want to be the pastor. I want to preach on Sundays. I want people to see me. And I did not line up with the cornerstone. I'm just being real. That's me. That's my struggle. Times I don't want to be what God puts me. But in order for his house to be built, I need to be where I'm supposed to be. Amen. You know what that means practically? Stop listening to yourself. Stop caring only for yourself. Start laying down some spiritual sacrifices. You're a royal priesthood. You need to be for the house, not against the house. Amen? Listen, I want to be a good straight board. I want to be a good piece of material that God builds with. Right? I want to be part of the strength that when the storms come, I know that my life is where it's supposed to be and I'm a part of this house and I'm going to help hold this house together. That's who I want to be because that's where Jesus wants me to be. You see, he made me into the material I am. Amen? He knew where he was going to put me even before they started the building. Come on. Some of you may just be one shingle. Man, be the best shingle you can be. Come on. Somebody might just be a plug, a light plug. Be the best daggone light plug you can be. Amen? So what if you ain't the front door? Come on. You see, I'm so cool, I'm the air conditioning. That just came to me. Y'all like that one? You, 
You said preach, I'll keep preaching that. No. <laughs> Jesus is all you need. <laughs> you don't need principles, you don't need a plan, you don't need a potion. You need a person, and his name is Jesus. If you need healing, you need Jesus. If you need deliverance, you need Jesus. If your marriage needs help, you need Jesus. Amen? Twice in that verse, the scriptures call Jesus precious. And I had you say it twice precious you know that building materials are precious you know people are right now so wanting money for whatever reason that they'll go to a church and rip the copper out the air conditioning unit and go pawn it or go sell it at the salvage yard just to get a few dollars building materials are precious the cornerstone is the most precious. And God's word says that Jesus is precious. In his sight, in God's sight, Jesus is chosen and he is precious. That means he has value. Value. He's worth more than anything else. The question is, is how is Jesus to you this morning? Is he that precious? Is his house that important to you? Let me give you three things to help you know if you've got a, a sincere community or if you've got the community that God wants you to be or if, if you're actually building his house. Number one, we have a sincere community. Three ways to know if you're building God's house. The first way is that we have a sincere community, that people are real. Are you hearing me? People are real. The thing I love about our churches is that we're real. Come on. If we say hallelujah, we mean it. If we call somebody brother, it's because they really like a brother. It's not just some slow, some, some slang we use, Christianese or whatever you want to call it. It's nothing like we have a sincere community. We care for one another. We look out for one another. We protect one another. We encourage one another. Why? Because we are God's house. We're being built into his house. And we represent God and we are the hope of the world. Amen? Amen. Come on, if the church can't hold it together, then how's anybody ever going to believe in Jesus? Number two is we become a sticky community. You know what that means? That means when, when you get fashed at somebody or you get aggravated with somebody, you still stick together. Listen, there's drama in the church. I hadn't been to one church where there's no drama. Every church has problems. Okay, so stop fooling yourselves and think you came into the right church. The question is, is how do you work through that? What's the end result of that? When problems arise and people get offended and they get aggravated, what do you do? Do you stick together or do you run? You see, when you're building Jesus' house, you have a sticky community. It's where you, you learn to work out your problem with somebody else. 
right? You may be mad at God, but you learn how to work out your problem with God. You just soon, you just soon accept it. You're wrong. If you're mad at God, you're wrong. Just go ahead and roll over. You, you lost. But we have sticky community. And number three, we have a sacred community. It's worth your devotion and your commitment. You want to be here. How many of you look forward to coming to church on Sunday? I figured I'd get all of you to raise your hands. <clears throat> but this is, this is one of the greatest days for you. Why is that? Because you get to come and be a part of your family. Amen? Honestly, for me, every Sunday is like a family reunion. My wife and I were debating yesterday whether or not we're going to go eat after church with, with some of the church people. I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to eat. Yeah, but we've been eating out a lot. I don't care. I miss the people. I miss you guys. Amen? I was watching every one of you as you came in. I'm like, hey, they're here today. Hurrah. I was a little nervous at first. I told a couple people, man, it's going to be a slow Sunday. We were packed last week. We're going to say that's about right. We're packed last week. This week we're empty. Thank God you showed up late. Amen? We have a sacred community. <laughs> that was funny? Okay. Hey, sometimes you're just late. Sometimes it's hard just to get to church. It's worthy of your devotion. It's worthy of your commitment. Are you committed to God's house? Are you committed to his people? Are you committed to letting him build you into a, a living stone? Are you committed that no matter how hard it gets, are you going to stick it out? Are you going to stay a part of the house? Come on. Is Jesus precious to you? If Jesus is precious to you, then his house has to be precious to you. Because his heart is for his house. Amen? He wants to build his house. Let me give you this little note. On, on November 11th, we're going to ask you to dedicate and devote yourself to God's house. We're going to have a Miracle Sunday. We do this every year. You just soon get used to it. We have a Miracle Sunday where we ask you to give your greatest offering, your best gift, so that we can go on to do things that God's calling us to do financially. Amen? Some of you, you've already been asked this year to make great commitments in the children's church, into other ministries, into women's ministry, all those different areas. You've been asked and you've given. And man, we appreciate that and we thank you for that. That's part of community. Listen, me and Cheryl can't do this by ourselves. We'd have quit a long time ago. Two and a half years ago, huh? It wouldn't have lasted long. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? This church is not about you serving me. It's about you serving your Savior. Amen. Amen. Whatever you give in your life to inside this church or different ministries, you're not giving it to me and Cheryl. Are you hearing me? You're giving it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You're returning it back. I think about all those ladies in the back right now that are taking care of our children so that we can have some peace. <laughs> Amen. And they're, they're serving Jesus. Are you hearing me? 
all the people that came for the last couple of work days to dress the building up and clean it up and get it all nice and pretty for our big blowout last weekend. You didn't do that for me. I hope you did that for Jesus. Amen? Man, we had a great time, didn't we? And the food was good. Come on, the people were good. The fun jump was wet. It was humid. We had a dessert contest. Some of you still paying for that? Some of you have been trying to work out all week to get rid of banana pudding, Miss Mary made. You know it's good when it sticks to the hips, right? Listen, I just want you to be committed to Jesus. God sees him as chosen and precious, and I want us to see him the same way. Amen? I want us to be devoted to his house. You know how we build God's house? We first let him build our lives. And then we begin to reach out for other people. You know, one of the, the, the slaying, slayings, one of the sayings in our Savior's church is reaching people and building lives. That's what we're about. We're about reaching out to people that don't know Jesus. Amen? And bringing them in and building their life. Amen? Listen, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, I just invite you up here. We'll pray for you. You can come see me after the service or whatever you want. I'd love to introduce you to the, to the Savior, to my friend. Amen? Lift your hands to heaven this morning. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. Jesus, you are precious. You're chosen and precious. You're the cornerstone. Everything exists because of you, Jesus. Everything that's being built for God's house goes according to the way you want it built, Lord. Father, help our lives. Help us to line our lives up with the way you want to build, Lord. Father, I pray that we'll just, we'll just begin to open our lives up to other people, godly people that you'll use to, to build our lives, Lord. Father, for, for those that are here and have reservations and they're, they're closed and they're, Father, they're just, they're kind of standoffish. I just, I just break that right now in the name of Jesus. Because of whatever reason, I just break that in Jesus' name. And I just pray for just open community, Father. That we'll learn to give one another refrigerator rights. So that, Lord, you can use us to build one another up. Jesus, we thank you that you're the chief cornerstone. And for those that don't believe, you're a stumbling block. But for those who do believe, you're precious. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I just have one announcement to make before we are before we're dismissed, and that's uh, our next step classes start this Wednesday at six thirty here in the sanctuary. Say Wednesday, six thirty. You might say, "Well, what is next step?" Next step, if you're new to our church, next step is your next step. See, we make it simple. It's your next step. So it's it's a four week basically a course, but we really want to just share our vision and our heart with you, and we want to hear your story and where you come from, and we just want to give you some of our foundational principles 
so that you know where we stand and we know where you stand so you make a good decision about whether or not you're supposed to be here. Amen? So if, if you're new to our church and you want to take the next step, be here Wednesday night at 6.30. Okay? If you have any questions, you can call the church office and they can answer your questions or they can send you to me. Amen? Give somebody a hug or a high five. Tell them you love them. It's good to see them. Have a great week. May God bless you.